Hello, this is Paul. While the people that we've met here at Westmoreland Storage Plus have been unaccountably difficult and frustrating, it does seem that Mrs. Lithgow has found what she was looking for. So I consider it my duty and my privilege to thank a few of you who have proved of exceptional value to this enterprise of ours, both through donations to Mrs. Lithgow's foundation and through more direct means, useful information leading to the whereabouts of Benjamin Weiss's lost property. Amanda Monksgard, Simon Allender, we appreciate your efforts. Know that what we accomplish next would not have been possible without your assistance. By word and lyre, let thy desire resound in soul and string. Set fervor's spark to cold hard hearts, and stir the stones to sing. Welcome to the Orpheus Protocol. Greg, Arlie, Reyna, and Ben will be playing Simon, Kathleen, Matthew, and Emmett, respectively. This week's episode, Storage, Part 3. Storage contains violence, hidden agendas, and Pandora-esque tragedy. You have been warned. Last time on the Orpheus Protocol. A scuffle breaks out over who has a rightful claim to the property left behind by Benjamin Weiss untold years ago. And while Kathleen appears to gain the upper hand with Paul's help, Matthew snatches one of the objects, a vacuum-sealed bag full of papers, and makes a break for it. Simon runs interference for Matthew, getting a punch to the mouth from Emmett for his trouble, and follows Matthew out into the rain. Back in his storage unit, Matthew inspects the papers, only to have a strange experience, with the ink of the pages seeming to take on a life of its own, sinking painfully into the flesh of his hands. To make matters worse, the small scroll-like paper, unlike the others in the parcel, is blown under the door by an inexplicable wind. Soon, Simon sees a strange, motionless figure in the rain, which suddenly rushes toward the rental office. A horrific crash, followed by gunshots likely from Paul, is heard shortly thereafter, and Emmett and Simon both call the police. Help is not forthcoming, however, as the strange figure, which Kathleen discovers to be a golem, makes short work of slaughtering the police as they arrive. Drawing on her knowledge of the occult, Kathleen approaches the silent, hulking sentinel. Can't be destroyed, probably? Somewhere within this creature or upon this creature there is a scroll or an etching oh my god if it follows the rules that you know of and it should have using hebrew letters there should be a name of god somewhere on this thing's body usually on its head or inside of its mouth and if you remove the aleph character the word changes from truth to death 
and the creature will crumble or deactivate. Because that's the common lore. I don't want to approach it, but I want it to stop hurting things. Once it resumes its humanoid shape, it simply stands still for a moment, then pushes its hand onto the hood of the police car, and you see its hand and then its arm vanishing into the crack where the closed hood seam is. And there is a deep shuddering sound as the wheels of the car suck at the mud, as the figure slowly, inexorably wrenches the engine block free of the car to slam into the ground several feet away. It then returns to a humanoid shape again, to a normal human silhouette again, and does not do anything. It may as well be a statue. And Paul is still nowhere to be seen. Correct. And I don't know where the fuck Matthew is, or Simon, and I Emmett locked himself in the thing. Okay, fuck it, I'm gonna approach the golem. Simon, you clearly hear a lot of this stuff. Maybe not all of it, but it's quite loud. Tons of gunfire, a huge metal tearing sound, and a big thud. What are you gonna do? Anything? Just hide? I am going to murmur to myself. I'm gonna go, voice that spoke to me. If you have any other bright ideas, now would be the time. Interesting. I would like you to make a stability check to try to calm yourself down and get in touch with this thing that you now actually hope is not a hallucination. So if I have five, I can take something in lieu of rolling, right? You can take a plus two in lieu of rolling. I'll do that. So that's two with my willpower of four, six, and I can spend up to three. Uh, I really need that. So I'm going to spend three and make that a nine. (sighs) Okay. It's like a bad phone connection. You hear that it's trying to speak to you, but what comes through is... Not strictly intelligible, but it's like without hearing the exact words, you get the message anyway. There's something here that is protecting something else. It is a guardian that is set here to ensure that what has been set in motion is not stopped, and someone needs to stop what's happening. And what's happening is happening because of what Matthew has read and interacted with. So, has the voice... Am I feeling now that the golem is good or bad? It's here to make sure that no one stops a bad thing from happening. It doesn't have intention of its own. Okay, and Matthew is the cause of it? Matthew is at the center of it. The cause of it is the contents of that box. So I need to get to Matthew, but I'm not going through that door. So I'm going to lug this fire extinguisher with me, ready and primed to shoot whoever in the face with it, because I'm not strong enough to swing it very well. And I'm going to make my way back to Matthew and see if I can get him to stop doing what he's doing, which, because it's not a coincidence in my mind that Matthew was getting a little hot and bothered by some paper that I moved and the golem appeared out of nowhere. So I'm going to head back to Matthew, trying to avoid the parking lot. I would like you to make a stealth check. 
That's minus one on the die. And I don't have any stealth. I don't want to spend that physical strain until I get into something that might hurt me. So that's, uh, that's one. Fortunately for you, the golem is currently busy. Kathleen, you approach the creature. Yeah, because by approaching it, I'm not, like, it wouldn't read, I mean, I guess I wouldn't know this, but uh, I wouldn't read my intention as, like, to stop the thing that's happening. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe that's what you're betting on. I might die. Um. (laughs) So you approach it, and it makes no sign of really even having noticed you. Okay. Uh, I want to keep an eye out for Paul, because I would really love if he weren't dead. But yeah, I think that knowing what I know about this creature, I would like to try to see if I can find the word that is written whether it be on the face or if it's not on the face, maybe somewhere else, maybe inside its mouth. Who knows? Let's find out. As you get closer, you do see that it is not a human figure, of course, covered in mud. It is a human figure completely comprised of it. And on its forehead, you see a Kabbalistic symbol. It looks as though etched in stone, despite the fact that the mud is continually running and churning. The gouges of the character remain exactly the same. When you get quite close to it, it very calmly turns to face you, still in a very neutral body language. And golems can't talk, so I can't talk to this thing. I don't want to die. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't think it's going to let me try to unmake it. With your Eldritch Knowledge check, you do know that its task is not strictly to defend itself. Its task is to stop people from interfering with this other thing. Now, if it realizes the connection between those things, that's one thing. Right. But you might, if you stay calm and disguise your intentions from it, you might be able to do something to and sort it. of trick it. Yeah. You might be able to take an action against it before it realizes... Uh, I... I'm not confident that I'm rolling well enough to risk doing that, but also he he needs to, he needs to go. Uh, fuck it. We all die someday. Let's do oh it. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> so what I would like you to do, make a hybrid check between deception with charisma and knowledge eldritch with cognition. Attribute's going to be three and your skill's going to be two. Okay. I will spend three, which brings me to a total of five, because I got a minus one on the dice. You take out a pocket knife, I suppose, or like what kind of tool like that would it make sense for you to have on you? Honestly, I was thinking like fancy comb. It's a comb, but like, you know, the the ones that have the rat tail on it? Yes. Yeah. So you take out a very expensive, probably like made of some deep sea creature shell comb from an inside pocket, flip it around so that the very sharp end of the slender handle is out and trying to control the trembling of your hand, carefully excise the Aleph character from the golem's forehead. It suddenly stands stock upright, though it was already in relatively neutral pose. It seems to rear up and immediately begins to tumble down into itself like a building being demolished into its own footprint. However, in its death throes, it reaches out and tries to grasp you. I would like you to set 
a defense. So I will spend two, which would make my evade a four. It sort of tries to grab onto you, but its hands are falling apart. And more or less, it just heaves its bulk at you in a wave of mud, catching you around the midsection. And you feel it crushing in on you from all around you. And the speed and force and inexorability of this feeling, you are certain that you're going to be crushed and killed. But just as suddenly as it begins, it is inert. And you find yourself falling into a pile of mud that is just a pile of mud. You take seven points of damage. Holy Christ. You can spend physical strain to reduce. I'm just going to spend the three and only take four. All right. And you are not bleeding to a fatal degree. You do cough up a bunch of blood. But the thing is gone. It's dead. You see the little scroll-like piece of paper sitting on top of the pile of mud, and it burns away with a blue flame to nothing. Cool. I want to find Paul and get the shit and get the hell out. Although, no. No, that's not what I want to do. I want to, if I am able, head back towards the storage unit because Emmett is most likely doing some fuck shit with the things he should not do fuck shit with. Very well. Matthew. Yes. Your hands don't hurt anymore. Nothing does. You are warm and very comfortable. It's like the world around you has turned into warm, comforting light. And you hear music from somewhere. It's very soothing. And in some distant way, you're aware that the changes that are happening within you could be disturbing or distressing to someone who didn't understand them but to you there's nothing but beauty and a sense of completeness that you only realize now that you have it how absent it was in your life you were so directionless the state of your living of your life was so abject and pathetic but now you feel as though you are part of something greater than yourself. You feel as though you will be taken care of and appreciated. And that the troubles of your life are at an end. That you finally made it. But you're not finished yet. You need help, still, to do what you need to do. And the only person who can help you is the person who can understand how to use what Benjamin Weiss left behind. You just know that name now, deep inside of you. Someone important who designed these changes that are happening to you. If at any point you wish to run counter to what's being told to you inside of your mind, inside of your soul, you may make a horror check. But what you are feeling urged to do is to seek out the other contents of the crate so that they can be put to the use that they're intended for. Yeah, I think I'm going to to have to uh, kind of try and resist that, because I think when we last left off, his thing was to just kind of get the hell out of there, because there were the gunshots, and I assume he heard the sirens and a lot more gunshots, and he kind of doesn't want anything to do with this. Yeah, you heard those things in a very distant way. It's like one of those things where you're not sure if... It was something that really happened when you were almost asleep or just waking up, or if it was a dream. But you remember gunshots, sirens. Those are things that 
must have happened or maybe you just are misremembering but it's present in your mind he had gathered up all of the pages and put them back in their their baggie i mean but before he does anything he's gonna step outside and like survey whatever the hell had been going on everything is kind of dreamlike and floaty yeah to go outside to move around to see what's happening those are not discordant with the music so you open the door and you move your body through it and you find that the rain is not as cold and harsh as you distantly remember it should be and where do you go the only entrance exit from this facility other than like hopping the fence is like the front gate right mm-hmm. yeah i think i think he's just gonna wander towards the gate i don't think he he's in the right state to be climbing or jumping anything especially in this weather the way he's feeling right now he's mm-hmm. just gonna slowly wander towards the office and the gate Emmett. So you said you're opening the tube? Yes. If that's the one that says open second, I'm opening it. It is the one that says open second. The tube contains several blueprints, but they're not architectural. They are more like a fashion design kind of document, except they look bizarre. You realize that it looks like plans for heavy prosthetic special effects makeup and You're looking at the different pieces and you're having trouble making sense of how they all fit together. But whatever it is must be really monstrous. And you see that the blueprints are footnoted with references to different page numbers. And within the text of the page number footnotes are various little symbols that look like some sort of shorthand or code, which are familiar to what you saw through the clear plastic of the bag that Matthew made off with. So with Latin, Greek, or knowledge occult, will I have any idea of what these are? What you can tell is that it is not simply an occult or ancient alphabet. It is, in fact, a cipher of some kind. It is, it's some sort of invented language. Okay. I have no idea what this is, and I'll just, like, throw them off in, in disgust and thing. All this for... What is this? And I'll open the box if it's openable yeah there's a key taped to it i will open it the main object inside is a very heavy like copper or bronze metallic set of glasses of eyeglasses except there are three frames but there are only lenses in the two normal ones the one above them in the middle has little cranks to tighten this third frame and also inside the box is a thin and hollow drill mechanism that seems to fit into this third glasses frame and a small looks like inkwell like a a glass file of ink can i roll knowledge occult to even figure out what this may be for yes but as you examine these things closely you pick up the file of ink looks like ink and you think it's a trick of the light for a second it looks like the the light is bouncing off of the glass the wrong way like there's a shimmer to it that doesn't make sense and as you sort of pick it up to look at it more closely no you see that it's made out of like it's like liquid but it seems to be made out of night sky there are stars in it jesus christ and you see tiny eyeballs 
rolling out of the murk within it and looking at you. I need you to roll a horror check, please. So I rolled a plus two. I'm going to go ahead and spend two, seven. Three loss? I will spend one to take one. Surely your mind is playing tricks on you. Yeah. But the feeling that there's something wrong with it doesn't pass. I'm going to go ahead and roll a knowledge occult to see what that is. But that's a negative one, so that is a two. You couldn't be sure, except that the way that the drill mechanism is meant to be housed into the glasses make it seem as though it's meant to trepane a hole in someone's forehead. What the hell am I involved in? What is going on? Okay. Okay. Kathleen, you reach the storage unit and find it locked. I am probably upset enough that I'll just bang on the door. Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, please let me in. Go away. You brought craziness into into this. You don't understand what you're dealing with. Please let me in. No. No, no. Now your money. You, you didn't say anything about um, this. You did, You just you came in and you said you were going to give money and then it would be fine. And are the police... That poli- was my full intention. Are the police officers Actually, dead? I think, I think that you have your friend to blame for all of the unfortunate events that have I don't have us this evening. friends, lady. That's unfortunate for you. Please let me in. Are the cops dead? Would it be maybe possible to try to pick the lock? Uh, you don't have a security skill. So you'd have to do a pretty good roll with dexterity. But you can give it a shot if you are despairing of your chances to talk him into this. I mean, I'd like to try to do it somewhat stealthily. Let's Hey, I got a plus two. It's the first positive result I've had all evening. So you could spend one physical. Or no, you spent it all, didn't you? Yeah, I don't have any physical left. All right, so you work at it for a while, and it's going to be a little while before you realize that you're not getting anywhere. But during this, Simon, you hear something go down outside. There's a sense of something has passed. Something like a pressure is no longer here, and the voice that you heard before says, It's not too late. You can stop this. Only you. What do I... What do I need to do? It is hard to explain, but when it shows itself, and it will, your blood is poison to it. I have marked you. My blood? Lady, am I supposed to die to stop this thing? It would not take so much as that. Okay, then... I I guess I'll go... The only thing I know connected to this right now is Matthew, so I guess I need to find him and... There's no more response, but you feel like that's pretty much it. As I'm stealthing back, am I seeing any of the police bodies? If you go to that side... Because I'm coming around, but I'm going back around towards the direction that... I'm going to Matthews, and the only way I know... You don't necessarily have to see them, then. Since you haven't seen that that thread is done, it would make sense that you would go away, that you would get to where Matthew's at without having to go there. Okay, then I will not... I mean, a weapon would be nice, but also I have no reason to go, because I don't know the cops are dead. Correct. 
So yeah, I'm gonna make my way downtown. That said, I mean, the gunshots stopped a while ago and nothing has happened and you haven't seen any cops. <laughs> so there is a bit of suspicion. But I also felt that my mind was easier and the lady could talk to me. So something happened yes. that I feel is better. So for all I know, they killed the golem. So Simon's gonna make his way back to Matthew's abode. Kathleen, you hear Paul's voice. Ma'am, please stand aside. I can get that open. Nothing. God. He's soaked, but he's carrying a heavy frame backpack, it seems. He sets it heavily down and pulls out one of those one-man police breaching rams. Jesus Christ. And just bashes the door open. Remind me to give you a raise. No problem, ma'am. Emmett, the door flies open halfway off its hinges (laughs) with a loud crash. Emmett promptly pees himself. Okay, I mean, that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean... Paul, carrying a huge frame backpack, followed by Kathleen, enter the room. See him, like, he's surrounded in those, like, pieces of paper, like, in the schematics. He's holding the weird third eye-opening glasses, and he just, like, just doesn't have it in him anymore. He doesn't... He just pees himself, and he's just... Yeah, he's standing there, shaking, mouth agape, completely silent as a dark stain spreads on the front of his pants and down his leg. Yep. Comes out of his shorts and right into his boots. Oh, God. (laughs) Good God. I I told you, Mr. Davis. By the way, Kathleen is completely covered in mud. Yeah. Super all the way covered in mud. <laughs> Emmett just holds the glasses up and starts stuttering like, here they are. I didn't break anything. I didn't break anything. Uh, thank goodness for that. Kathleen will take the glasses, I guess. You see the same thing that Emmett saw. You see the way that it's designed and what it's likely meant to do. You notice, Kathleen, that the mechanisms around the drill include almost the same setup as an airbrush, such that you would load a liquid into the bore of the drill so that the liquid would be delivered to the trepaning site. That sounds like the worst. And when you look more closely at the ink or black liquid, you see the same thing Emmett saw. Within the fabric of this liquid are glowing distant stars and little avid eyeballs that float up out of the murk and look at you. And I need you to make a horror check. Hey, that's plus one. Yeah, okay, I will go with discipline and spend, sure, the three times strain and bring that to an eight. Okay, that is a loss of four. I will spend another two to negate that. The experience ends, but you don't feel like it was a hallucination. You feel more as though you saw what it really was for a second. This is what Ben Weiss wanted you to have. You can tell that it belongs to you. Okay. And you see the blueprints scattered around the floor of the bizarre creature prosthetics, and you're not sure what to make of them. There are references in that invented language from the notes in the plastic bag. There are footnotes with with those strange characters in them, and you don't understand how to read them, but you feel like you could. Kathleen will probably want to start gathering up all of the papers to get them the hell out of here. Mr. Davis, if you wouldn't mind stepping aside, 
I think that you've meddled enough for one day. You gather up the materials, and you realize that while it was not meant that you open that bag of notes, you either need to complete the process that's begun here, or retrieve those papers so that they can be used elsewhere. Leaving without them would not be acceptable. You wouldn't be able to recreate whatever's going on. I want to retrieve the papers. It pains you to realize that the golem that you destroyed was protecting this ritual that is ongoing. <sighs> yeah. So, need to find the mm -hmm. papers. Mr. Davis, do you know where Mr. Matthew Bryan, I believe, where he might have gone? I need those papers that he took. Yeah, yes. I, 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 know, I know where he, where he is. All right. If you could... Tell me, or lead me, would probably be better. I know you've had a rough evening, but I did warn you, and I did pay you, so. Don't not sure you paid me en en enough for... You can be paid more. Can you please just take me to where I need to go? As you briefly vacillate, you notice Paul paying closer and closer attention to you. I think, like, I definitely, like, swallow heavily, and, and yes, I can... I, I can take you. So the three of you make your way toward the likely location of Matthew. Now, you do all see the wrecked police car and the dead bodies, which I will just need Emmett to make a horror check for. Well, that is a plus one. Yeah, that's a four. All right, three loss. I'm going to spend... One and take one. Simon, you make your way toward the unit where Matthew lives, and you cross paths with him as he makes his way toward the front. What does he look like? His arms are now thicker than his legs and hang nearly to the ground. They are shot through with black veins, and there are places along his arms and shoulders and even his neck where these pumping, standing-out veins are submerged beneath shining plates of chitin erupting from the skin. And there's a sense of heat and motion beneath his skin, like something is surging and searching around beneath. I would like you to make a horror check. Matthew, for some reason, Simon, who you now see is in front of you, is acting very strange, as though he is afraid of you or sees something near you that he is afraid of. And it doesn't make sense. Oh, that's a flat on the die. It's gonna bump it up by one to make it a five. Good choice. You lose four sanity. I'm gonna spend two to negate it completely. Okay. What do you do? I'm going to, I'm gonna look at him and I go, oh buddy, what, what did they do to you? Oh, this is a lot. Like, I'm afraid, but I'm also really sad because, like, there's something wrong with the only friend I've made in years. And nothing nothing seems amiss to, to, um... You've never felt better. Yeah, yeah, but, hmm. You know that you've changed, but you know that it's for the better. Oh. Hey, we gotta, we gotta get the rest of the stuff. We have to... The, the, the boxes that, that, that they had up there, we have to go. Simon, what um, you hear is... Oh, 
Matthew, you do not know that he can't understand you, because to you, it seems like you're just speaking normally. And he goes towards the other storage unit, the one he had left before, where he assumes everybody still is, uh, and all the stuff is, and is expecting him to follow, yeah. I'm gonna try to cut in front of him, like, kind of, like, put my hand out and go, like, wait a minute, buddy, wait, wait a minute. When you approach him in that way, when you get within a certain distance... Three tongue-like appendages lash out of the thick bulk of one of Matthew's arms and slash at you with what look to be tips of horn or barbed bone. I need you to roll initiative. That's plus two for me, so that's eight. I'm uh, flat on the dice, so that's a seven. You are free to defend yourself normally. Simon, you're not surprised. You reacted very, very fast. In fact, you almost had a sixth sense that something was about to happen. It is attacking you three times. Whoa. I guess I'm going to use all my temporary strain for dodging to jump back so that I'm out of range and that if he doesn't keep coming forward, I won't set things off again. So Simon throws himself back trying to escape the arc of these lashing tentacles. I'll use an initiative, so that's currently a five. And then I, if I get hit, I die. I know this thing is gonna do enough damage that it will, I only have two hits left. So I'm gonna use my ability to do an active roll as well. Oh jeez. Okay, that's plus one. So that's six total. I think I know the answer to this already, but would you like to spend that final physical strain of yours to break the tie? I'm so glad I saved it. Yes, I'm spending the strain to barely dodge a little way of these ink tentacles. The the barbs of bone shred the front of your clothes. And even, like, maybe the very top layer of dead skin. You feel like, not that you have time to look right now, you feel like you would see where you don't see anything for a second, and then you see, like, just a red discoloration of the skin along the line. That's how close it was. And it's... Your turn. (laughs) I'm going to use movement to still stay in front of the direction that he's going, but stay far enough away that when he walks forward, that I'm still out of range. Okay, so you're just sort of trying to keep a constant distance in front of him? Because I want to turn and talk to him, but I want to make sure I can talk without the thing happening. Do I get the sense that he was trying to talk to me? Maybe. Now that you think of it that way, that could have been what it was. Because he didn't... His body attacked me, but he himself, his arms weren't... It was whatever's inside of him. Correct. And you really did feel like it was when you got within a certain distance. So that's what I'm... I'm going to keep my distance, but I, I think that I can talk some sense. Because I have to, because I can't fight this thing. And the only thing I can do is to at least slow it down with words. Matthew, something happens with your arm... And parts of you lash out toward Simon without you wanting them to, and come very close to touching him. And that's strange. That's not something you did, it just happened. But he looks like he's okay, and he is moving very cautiously away from you, sort of keeping a constant distance. What do you do? This is tough. Yeah, you don't fully understand the situation, so it's very weird. Is Simon still trying to talk to Matthew? You're not trying to move towards him necessarily. You're just, you're listening to if if he says anything. Yeah, he stops. Yeah, he stops after that happens because he's kind of taken aback by it because that that wasn't, it wasn't conscious. 
He didn't want to. The reason I use the words parts of your body nearly touch him is that you don't understand that that was lethal intent either. Okay. You just know that it was strange in that you didn't think about it happening or try to do it. Parts of you moved on their own. And while you still feel contentment, that is not anything that you've ever experienced before. And it was odd. And yes, Simon, you can speak to him. You can try to talk to him. Okay, I'm going to go, hey, uh, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't think you want to hurt me. So I'm going to stay away. Uh, and as a sign of a sign of truce, truce, uh, let's share this candy bar. And I'm going to pull out the candy bar and I'm going to take a bite. And as I do... Blood from where you got fucking a, punched. Yeah, I'm going to... Oh. From where my tooth is basically nearly out of its socket, there's blood there. I'm going to make sure I get blood on the candy bar as I bite it. Because I'm nervous that the thing is going to kill me if, it, if it, you get close. I'm like, I'm looking for somewhere to put it. Oh, uh, what if I... Okay, we're going to try this. I want to toss him the candy bar and see if he catches it or the bone tendrils slice it out of the air. Because if he's consciously trying to catch it, it might not automatically react. Yeah, I'm going to say, here, truce, catch this, and I'm going to toss. With Matthew hearing that he can't be understood and him being conscious of the changes in his body... I think he will catch it and take a bite of it in good faith. Be like, yeah, I'm on the I'm on the level. Oh, fuck. This is, this is either going to be really good or really bad. I'm either about to save you or I'm about to be really dead. Yeah. Matthew, you catch the little gift that Simon has offered you in truce. And when you go to eat it, to take a bite of it, your second and third jaws extend out of your mouth. And rip it in half and pull it forcefully and quickly down your throat like an eel. Jesus Christ. I vomit. My diet's not exactly the best anyway. It's like not even like proper food. It's just like a combination of like just caffeine and sugar and like cheap fast food. So you vomit soda fountain syrup. Pretty much. But I try to, I wipe quickly and I, and I give him a thumbs up. You know, I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to. <laughs> Matthew, the music in your head all around you stops and the light starts to dim and flicker. And you are very concerned about what that might mean, but you don't have time to process it fully or make any decisions about it. As the front of you splits, your skeleton liquefies, and the contents of your body tumble in a steaming, wet pile into the mud. That will be all for you, I'm afraid. Kathleen, Paul, and Emmett make their way out into the rain, and you see Simon probably fall into his knees, frozen in shock, in front of an incomprehensible mess of gore. Somewhere in that mess, you see perhaps a quarter of Matthew's face. Recognizable. Roll against horror. I got a plus one. That's a wash. I'm going to use discipline and my temp strain. That's going to be a big ol' eight. Lose four. I'm going to spend two more strain. To just take nothing? God. Yep. (laughs) Wait, so I have a five. Lose five. 
lose five. All right, I'm gonna spend another two and take one. So now I'm maxed out on my lightly wounded track. Roll against temporary insanity, because you lost five. Um, okay, that's a plus two. You hold it together. But should, that's what you see. I should never have ever plagiarized those papers and done drugs. Never ever. How did my life get here to this? Wetting myself. Just murmuring this under his breath like a broken man. Yeah, I'm just a bad shitty dude. I deserve this. I deserve this. That's what I start muttering to myself. It's like, I deserve this. Simon is abject. Matthew's dead. So Simon knows that the papers are bad news. Whatever was in the folder was the cause of this. So he's gonna want to find the papers and just try to rip them apart. Because it's wet and raining. There's no way he can light them on fire. But he can tear them to pieces. With that intention, you start to get up. And then it's with another churn of your guts that you see that the plastic bag and contained papers are inside the pile that was so recently Matthew. It had somehow been holding on to them inside of itself. I'm going to ask the voice inside of me if the papers need to be destroyed or if now that Matthew is dead, if that's enough. Have I been saying this aloud the you whole don't time? Know. Or have I been speaking? <laughs> well, it's n now is not the time to figure that out. So I guess we'll find out if the others hear me when I ask that question. Hey, lady in my head, can you tell me? It, Matthew, I killed Matthew. I guess that's what you wanted. Is this over now or do we? Is there something else that I have to do? Every vestige of Benjamin Weiss's work must be destroyed. And you guys don't oh, hear anything. Fuck. I say that out loud. That's like, I know for a fact, I, I'm not talking to her yeah. at the moment, but I say, oh, fuck. And I'm, do I, have I noticed that the others are here? Yeah, probably. One last time to Lady, I go, can these people be trusted? I don't understand humans that I have not come to know. If they try to stop me, will you help me? I have helped you as much as I am able. In human dangers, you are on your own. And I'm gonna walk towards the corpse, and it doesn't matter if I get infected now, they're gonna have to deal with it, but I gotta destroy these papers, and I'm going to rip and like, just destroy them as best as I can, like rip and like submerge them in the rotting corpse so that they break apart more easily. Cause I don't have time to run to the mud and soak them, like I, whatever I can to make it easier to rip. So the question is, do you have the mental wherewithal right now to try to do that stealthily? Or are you just doing it, and if they can be fast enough to intervene, they can try? I don't trust them. So I'm going over there as if I'm trying to say goodbye to my friend, uh, but then I'm going to try to rip the papers up as fast as possible. What I will need is for you to make a stealth check, and for everyone else to set vigilance to see if they notice. And this is a stealth check with charisma. Okay, that's a plus two, and I can use one strain, so that will make it a six. I don't think that Emmett is in any state to notice anything. It's plus two with the roll, so that would be seven total. Oh, wow. Then. So, Kathleen, you notice a shift in Simon's body language. He's not just paying respects to this monstrosity. He's going for the papers, which you have now noticed. So I need you guys to make opposed initiative checks. Oh, fuck. I'm going to do a plus two in lieu of rolling and bring my initiative to a ten. There's no way 
I can top that. I got a plus one, and that only raises me to a seven. Yeah. So you go for the papers, and Kathleen's just all of a sudden in your face. She's torn the plastic envelope from your hands, snatched it away from you in the blink of an eye. What are you doing? The last person to look at these pages turned into this. Because he wasn't prepared. He, this this isn't for him. This isn't for it's anybody. Not for you. It's for somebody. It's not for you. It's not for him. It's not for me. But I'll find the person that needs to see these. And when I do, it won't be the same disaster because they'll be ready. You, you, all of you don't understand in the slightest what is going on here. And I have tried to protect you and to keep you safe because I knew that if I didn't, something like this would happen you know what at this point simon is ready to die because he knows that he cannot let anybody else get those papers his am i allowed to change my motivation now because matthew's dead and i want to avenge matthew and make sure that nobody else dies honestly i think that's fair even if it kills me even if I don't manage to do it and I die, I'm still going to try. And so I'm going to try to just... No, I don't even have to rip them out of her grasp. I just have to attack the papers. With what method do you wish to do that? Just hand-to-hand, just ripping and tearing. That's an attack. Sure. So yeah, do another charisma-based stealth check to see if Kathleen can tell that you are going to attack or not. Plus two, and I can use a strain, so that makes it a six. Yep. So all of a sudden, he rips at the papers. He lunges forward, grabs the top of the envelope, and just strives to pull it apart. Greg, make a might check with vitality. This is just like tearing a phone book or something like that. The paper is easy to tear, but there's a relatively large stack of it, and the plastic is very pliable. So it's a very difficult physical task. That's a plus one, so that's three. But it's two, because you're lightly wounded. Yeah, it's two, and I don't have any strain. So you feel the heat of friction where the plastic is actually melting from being torn at, and you start a tear down the middle of this stack of papers. It goes a couple of inches. But the plastic has been removed out of the way, right? There's sort of a chunk taken out of the plastic at the top, and then a semicircular section of plastic torn away. Okay. And honestly, like a couple sheets of the paper as well were torn in that way. Okay, well, that's, let's see what, is Paul rolling initiative as well? Yes. Okay, but Kathleen's up first. I wanna stab him with my comb. Do it, you don't have a skill. So it's just melee attack with no skill. That is a minus one, so it's a zero. Uh, She fumbles a comb out of her pocket and sort of swipes it at you very ineffectually. Paul's about to shoot me in the back, so you don't have to worry. (laughs) (laughs) Emmett and Kathleen, from your position, you see a handgun leap into Paul's hand, and he fires on Simon. Is there... Anything I can do before I get shot, because I do have dodge five, I've spent all my temporary strain already. Is there anything else I can do? If you haven't used your active roll this scene, you can do that. I I do not get more than zero. Oh no. So your dodge value is... Still two. two. So you are going to take seven slash two oh, and four slash two. Fuck me. So 11 slash four. 
So I'm dying, right? Yeah, you've taken enough damage that you can't avoid death on any roll of the dice. I would like a blaze of glory. I feel like this is a really good situation for a blaze of glory. Because I want to, with all my might, rip the pages and mix it with my blood. Because I know my blood has been the cure before. And my blood might destroy these pages. What you should do then is spend one memento mori to gain initiative. And then one to avoid wounding penalties. I do that. And then you'd have one more Memento Mori as well. So go ahead and make a melee attack unarmed. If I'm using the melee attack, can I use the Memento Mori to max that? You can make it three instead of dice. Yeah. What's your parry value, Kathleen? Mine is one. Yeah. So Simon, with a burst of strength from you know not where... You lurch forward, despite your pureed lungs and the hole in your neck, and grab the packet of papers out of Kathleen's surprised hands, and you just look at them for a second and shove them into the gaping exit wound in your own chest and fall face forward into the mud with them crushed underneath you. And as your senses all fade to black, you hear a distant voice saying, Thank you. You've done so, so well. I would just like my character's face to be next to Matthew's as he dies. Your face has landed such that your head is like turned over to the side and your face is at eye to eye level with what's left of Matthew's face. The last thought just goes through his head as like a small tear comes out of his eye duck. It's just like, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew, I, but no one else. Paul sighs. That is unfortunate. Do you mean those things you said, Mrs. Lithgow? That you want to see this thing through in the proper conditions? Paul, you of all people should know when I mean what I say. Emmett, do you do anything when Paul turns his gun on you and fires? I I die. Very, very sadly. He takes a business-like step, just very casually, and just lifts his gun and puts it to the side of Emmett's head, and unless you do anything, fires. I think I just, like, raised my hand, and I'm like, no, and then you just shoot me. He shoots Emmett in the head, he falls over, he calmly shoots Emmett a second time in the head, walks over, shoots Simon two more times in the head, changes clips, and Paul looks at you, Kathleen, for a long second. Well... I think we're going to find out for sure. He presses a finger to his ear, to an earpiece that he wears. Yes. Yes, it's done. Not entirely. I'm not sure if it's all still usable, but perhaps through alternate means. Yes. I think she'll cooperate. Yes. I'll see you at the extraction point. Paul? What? Who was... That was half the police force that died there, but there will be more here soon, if not state police or FBI. We need to leave, and you need to attend a meeting with my employer. I was assigned to you, ma'am, to keep an eye on what you were doing, to see if you might succeed, and you more or less have. And if you do mean to see this through and are willing to see it through in appropriate laboratory conditions, I see no reason that you need to join these others. What'll it be? I'm not dying until I get this done. He nods. I'm afraid all of the vehicles have been disabled. It's going to be a bit of a long hike in the rain. 
way I see it, this can't go much worse than it already has. So He kicks over Simon's body and pulls out the bloody, muddy, soaked, waterlogged papers. Not sure much can be salvaged of this, but you can never be too careful. I agree. Paul puts out his hand to shake your hand. She will not accept. I'm not your subordinate, ma'am. I'm trying to be polite. I've just had my world upended. So you'll excuse me if I'm not feeling very friendly. We need to go. (laughs) You're right about that. Well, suffice it to say, you said you're not dying before you get this done, which means that you are, in fact, going to be working for the same people I do before the day is through. Welcome to Soul Invictus, Mrs. Lithgow. The Orpheus Protocol is a game in development by Barkalak Press. Beta rules and updates available for free download and use at orpheusprotocol.com. This show is made possible by the generosity of our amazing backers on Patreon. To support the show and for bonus episodes, bloopers, and more, please visit patreon.com slash orpheusprotocol. If you like what you've heard so far, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. It's the best way for us to recruit new operatives. You can follow me on Twitter at Lord of the Stith, and follow the show at Orpheus Protocol. And feel free to chat with our amazing community on Discord. A permanent link can be found in the bio section of the Orpheus Protocol Twitter account. Next time on the Orpheus Protocol. In Chester, Illinois, much has changed in the months since the cataclysm beneath Sanctuary. But though it may wear new masks from time to time, the darkness of this small town never sleeps for long. Kira Jackson must keep safe that which she has saved. Next time, in Homecoming, Part 1.